Biggest learning about myself. Um, I, I feel like I had, I mean, so with doing Reiki and astrology and offering that, like one thing that comes with that is you do a lot of healing on yourself because mm. basically you're trying to become a channel from like source energy and then giving it to other people. back to another episode of doing the most the misadventures of entrepreneurship i'm your host georgie and today we have danny who will be sharing um, her entrepreneurial experiences with us and her misadventures and adventures so i'm going to pass it to you danny uh let us know who are you and tell us a little bit about your background and what your business is hi so happy to be here uh, i'm excited to share with everyone today uh just about entrepreneurship and, and mental health especially so I'm Danny Fankhauser, and I have a background in journalism, and that kind of morphed into content marketing, which morphed into marketing, and then being a startup founder. So I had a lot of experiences at early stage startups. Um, the last startup I founded was a dating app, and I left that about a year ago to write fiction and through the process of starting to write fiction, got really into meditation because it helped me a lot with those creative blocks and through that got into astrology and then energy healing um, in part because I write speculative science fiction. So it kind of was like, mm -hmm. okay, like, here's how I can create a world with like some of this stuff that's, you know, considered spirituality, but also is, is partly science. Um, and through that process, I began offering astrology readings and Reiki. And so that's kind of my path right now is being an entrepreneur, both as being a writer, but also uh, starting to offer these one-on-one -on -one healing services. Awesome. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that background, that dating app. Um, you know, what made you start that and what made you decide to leave that and go beyond that? Yeah. So the dating app was called XO and my co-founders were former mobile game developers. So mm -hmm. they had made um, some games that were very viral and they actually had the idea um, to combine games and dating because they found that people would play their games and you know sometimes with the games you you match with a random player um, and then they would have these chat conversations and so they could kind of see this in their data that people were like actually having these conversations and um, the biggest problem with dating apps, which, you know, I'm still on and off of the dating apps from time to time. And um, it's so hard to to start a conversation mm -hmm. and to kind of get that conversation going. And no one really wants to say the first thing and like people match and then they don't talk. And so it it felt like this perfect um, combination of what people like doing on their phones and what's easy and fun playing games and um, getting to know people. So um, I worked with them on that for two years. And mm -hmm. my background was I had done a lot of early stage mobile stuff. My previous startup had been book recommendations. I worked on a, um, a news recommendation app. So um, I was really, I've, I found this idea really appealing of like how to kind of get this off the ground, uh, mm -hmm. especially when it's matching. It's kind of, it's kind of like a marketplace, but even more than that, it's like how do it's not even a two sided marketplace. It's like infinite because you, you know, you don't know, like people could be interested in many different kinds of people, but like by age group, by gender, by, you know, just whatever qualities people are looking for. So it's like, how do you, how do you get the right people on that are 
um, going to actually match together and then play the game. And so that was kind of uh, our biggest challenge was, you know, people really enjoyed the games and um, but it was uh, it's hard to get enough people on it without just a lot of venture capital. Um, and venture capital tends to not love dating apps uh, just because you you do need so many people to be on users it. So, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So thank you so much for sharing that story. And it seems like you have more of a technical background. So now you're going into writing and um, like you said, the healing practices. What was that catalyst? Like what made you say, okay, I'm not going to start another company because it seems like you're co-founded or been a part of like the leadership team of a lot of the organizations that you were a part of before. Is that So it's tech, leadership, and now you're going into writing, um, sci-fi um, and nonfiction. So like what made that happen? How did, how did we get there? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I would absolutely say I was in a cycle of burnout. So, you know, jumping from one thing to the other and kind of, um, especially with startups, uh, you know, it would be like I would I move from one company to the other, but like a startup would run out of money or like, you know, it's usually not like up to you that just the fact that these job stints would be very short. And so it always was like, OK, well, I've got to jump ship before this happens and like get to the next spot and never giving myself a break. And, um, you know, so I just had, it's just like 10 years had gone by since I had started working and just like, had been go, 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 like pay off the student loans, get the jobs, save up money. And, um, you know, I think I got to a life stage where people were like, some of my friends who had done really well were like thinking about buying houses. And I was just like, that never was interesting to me just because all I've wanted since I was like in college was like, can I just write fiction? <laughs> um, but I just never gave myself permission to do it because I felt like, no, I need to like prove that I can earn money. And like, also I enjoy being comfortable and like don't, didn't really want to like take this like starving artist route that you always sort of hear about. Or mm -hmm. I think like we tend to, as a culture, be like very judgmental. And so, um, so I feel like, yeah, it was just this, you know, the burnout mixed with like the pandemic and just kind of being like, okay, well, I don't really know that I'm going to live forever. Like I might not so <laughs> I just give myself a chance to do something I enjoy. So I promised myself, I was like, I will take, you know, I have the savings now. I will give myself at least six months. And then, you know, after six months, I didn't want a job. And after a year, I still don't want a job. <laughs> so I'm kind of kind of in this weird place now where I'm, you know, exploring a lot of things. And I think that's, you know, true of entrepreneurs. Like in the past, it was always about like getting a team, getting venture capital and kind of relying on something very outside yourself. So it's it's actually very new and outside my comfort zone to be doing something like where I'm just offering a service to people and not kind of like being part of a team around it. Yeah. And so how has that impacted your like emotional state, your mental health, right? You mentioned burnout. Um, what did burnout look for you? Because I know burnout looks similar, but in the end, it looks different and unique to each person. And I shared on my show um, before, like, you know, one of my burnout experiences looked like ending up in the hospital and just having severe anxiety um, where it's like my my actual heart was just like beating at like, you know, I think it was like 170 and I'm sitting like still not doing anything. I had not just finished exercising. And that's the heart rate of somebody that's like jogging or running on a treadmill or a track. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, what did burnout look like for you? Yeah, it's so interesting, especially because I'm like starting to learn more about this like idea of energy healing and like how it does play out in our physical body. 
it was something that happens to me that I, it's almost like I assumed everyone did this, but I talked to some friends and realized that they don't. But like when there's a lot weighing on my mind, I just start tripping over stuff. I bump into walls, like mm. get like very clumsy. And it's almost like, you know, I've lost this like sense of like spatial awareness. Mm -hmm. So that definitely comes up. But I think even more than that, I know that I'm burned out when I just don't um, enjoy anything. Like I'm just, you know, like things that are usually my favorite things. I just like couldn't even care. And like um, my first really bad burnout was I had a full time job and I was working on the book recommendations app on the side. So I was like really doing mm -hmm. a lot. And it, it got to the point where like it, it just wasn't really working. And I just couldn't think of anything I would enjoy doing. I just was sort of like, I hate, I hate this job that I'm at. I don't want to work on my app anymore. I can't imagine a job in, in like my widest imagination that I would mm -hmm. enjoy. And I think I just need to like move to like the desert and like grow food or something. <laughs> like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Like, yeah. cause I just... it's like, it's like that feeling of running and just like, whatever this is, I don't want it. So whatever else is out there, I don't know, but this, Mm -mm. I have no interest. I want no parts. This is not it for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which it's such a dark place to be. And very. Yeah. yeah and, I, you know, I really appreciate you being transparent about that experience because, um, you know, I think everyone, well, like you said, some, some of your colleagues and friends, I think it often does happen to entrepreneurs where you get to this really you know, dark places, just like, you know, if you, if you're an entrepreneur, you haven't hated your business at least once, right. We're just like, yeah. I despise this, you know, there's like, love what you do, do what you love. And it's like, I hate right. every piece of this thing. And that is a red flag, huge, huge red flag. That means you're, you know, you're going in the wrong direction. You're going against your gut. You're going against the grain and that's why it feels so tough. And so it's just like, that's a sign to slow down or pivot or you know, first slow down. And then that might lead to um, a pivot. So now I want to talk a little bit about, you know, um, your, your writing, right? And so uh, we all know to live in the United States or to live anywhere in the world at this point, you, know, you need a sense of, uh, uh, to be generating income. So has the um, writing, you know, have you found a publisher? Um, are you going to self-publish? Like, what has that journey been? Have you been publishing? So what has that writing journey been like for you? Yeah, I, um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a different book. It was a memoir that I self-published. So I've had a little mm -hmm. experience there. For this one specifically, it's it's fiction, it's a novel, and my goal is to sell the, the movie rights too. Nice. Uh, I really wanna do that for every fiction that I write. And so it's, it's important to get one of those top publishers that has the relationship. So I'm doing something very different this time. Um, and the process is that you pitch agents. And then once you find an agent, sometimes they spend months to a year revising it with you before you even um, pitch the publishers. And then there's another year before it makes oh. it on the shelves. So it's, it's kind of like this longer process. So, um, so the book is done and I'm, I'm pitching agents right now. Uh, so just kind of going down the list and like, you want someone who loves it as much as you do. And it doesn't, it's a lot like dating and a lot like raising investment in that sense, like where it's just a lot of people are just not going to like it and that's fine. And you just have to kind of just keep going and not lose your mind over that. So that, that's Absolutely. the spot that I'm in with it right now. Yeah. And so, you know, we may have some listeners out there that are agents. Um, I know, you know, certain parts of stuff you have to keep private, but is there anything or, you know, any snippets that you could share with us from the book or, you know, what's it about? Like whatever you can share within reason, please. I would love for you to share with us. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll just give you the short synopsis. Um, so it's a climate change dystopia where plants and animals have teamed up to wipe out humans and save the planet. Oh, and sounds about, about right. Yeah, it's, about, <laughs> it's maybe too close to too close to reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but three friends who move to a, a rural town and they try to grow their own food and they're not very good at it. Nice. I love that. Yes, because um, this planet, you know, it's, the planet's going to fight back. I, I, I could I could see that and I could see I could see the whole I could see it as a movie. Yes. Uh, so anyone that's out there that's an agent connected with agents, definitely make sure you use the contact for um, info for Danny. That's going to be in the description section to reach out. Right. This is an opportunity, a space for opportunity. Um, we're coming up to about the middle of the um, episode. So now I want to ask you, you know, can you share a story with us? of an unexpected misadventure that you've experienced. And it could be in this entrepreneurial journey or prior entrepreneurial journeys. Um, you started to hint a little bit about now kind of from having like products or SaaS-based um, businesses before to now having a more service, a personal business, you know, so any story that you would like to share about some misadventures that happened on your um, entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, I love that question so much. And I, I like want to have the perfect answer. I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is um, I kind of was referring it to it earlier, but um, if if people are familiar with the idea of a Saturn return in astrology, it's kind of around when you're about 28 and it's kind of this like coming coming of adulthood moment. Mm. Um, and so when I first started studying astrology, I was like, OK, this had to happen when I was in San Francisco because I'd moved to New York to be a journalist um, and then after a couple of years moved to San Francisco because my family was in Southern California. I thought I would like it and Mm -hmm. be closer and I just I just never liked it. I didn't like the job I had. It took me Mm -hmm. a really long time to find a different job. It was definitely my darkest moment Um, with the Saturn return, though. I I realized it was actually uh, while I was still in New York that it it happened, but it, it happened the exact day that I made a decision about a job that like led to this move. So, I mean, it's just all like, these things are so intertwined where I'm like, I just know that this Saturn return thing had to do with me going to San Francisco (laughs) because um, yeah, I mean, I thought I'd be closer to family. I thought I would get back together with someone I had dated. um, And it just, none of that stuff really came through. Like my family had other issues at the time and um, the, the dating thing didn't work out. The startup I was working on the side didn't work out. So, and then I didn't have my support structure of friends around me. Yeah. And, um, and then I just decided to stay. I was like, I got to prove it, you know, that I can like make it in, in this city. And um, so, I mean, that's like more of a, I don't know if I would call that a misadventure, but like definitely was um, it's, and it's, so then after four years, when I started with the dating app, that allowed me to just move back because mm. I was like, well, I want to be in New York. I like it better. <laughs> um, so it, it kind of now it's kind of just like this odd period where, um, you know, it's I just like got right back into being in New York and I found writing groups and book clubs and like all, you know, of what like I want to do, like the people are here for that, the literary community. Um, so it's just funny to look back on these years. It's almost like seeing like, like I was another person during those years. And when you move that far, you don't like, you don't take a lot of furniture. You don't take a lot of clothes. And so I, I like look at pictures and I'm like, I don't even remember owning that shirt and I must've worn it like all the time. Uh, and yeah, it's almost like a, a weird dream. 
Yeah, yeah, I've I've exactly felt that. You know, I I was telling it to um my son. So I actually have a son, and I, we were talking, and we were saying, you know, there was a seven month period that we lived in uh, Georgia, and sometimes thinking back to that period of time, I'm just like, it doesn't feel like it actually happened. Like it wasn't like yeah. I know we did things, and it's like it happened, but it doesn't it doesn't click because it was just such like a fast moving and you you weren't in it right I think a lot of times yeah. I mean we're going to tie this back to entrepreneurship and like just you know the the, the show all together is that when we're not fully committed to something or we don't believe what we're pursuing right we have we're still kind of selling ourselves on it while we're doing it or brains look at it as like that like it's a fantasy like we wherever you know pu- bucket in our head that we store like okay this is a comic this is a fantasy this is a superhero movie so that way we don't like freak out when it's like blowing up the whole city like whatever part of our brain is storing that information i think that's the same exact part of our brain that stores like those experiences where we're not fully committed to it we're just kind of existing but not like being in in that moment and it, it requires so like you have to really show up for yourself and like be in that moment whether you're working in corporate or whether you're on an entrepreneurial journey because if you don't show up for it properly like you will just kind of like be floating inside your body versus experiencing like whatever you know what's 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 happening yeah i think that's like such a brilliant way to describe it it's just like your your body is there but like your essence is like mm-hmm. 50% there or you know 25% there or something like that yeah and so um as you mentioned with like the book it's like a dystopian um book and so and you said you meant you you know you started studying like um science and fiction and astrology so what has that experience been like and did you believe in or study uh this work before like was it like a um strong shift right because i know a lot of content is coming out now with um astrology and a lot of um you know readers and reiki and all this stuff and you know it's still fairly new to me um and a lot of people in our circle so just tell i would love to hear a little bit about that that journey you know what was it like yeah i think it's been a really interesting time for these topics of astrology and reiki and kind of just that whole realm because i think during the pandemic, you know, a lot of people got interested in mental health because of what was going mm-hmm. on, but also a lot of people got interested in astrology because it was it was a way to make sense of things and mm-hmm. not really a way to control because astrology, I think in pop culture is kind of thought of as like being predictive, but like that's not really the way that it's done anymore. It's almost used in a more like a psychological manner of like understanding yourself and like, mm. you know, in my journey, it was kind of like, okay, like I, I've been successful at these things, but it hasn't actually made me that happy. So like, can my birth chart tell me like which direction I'm really like meant to go in? Mm. And um, cause that's, that's also a red flag when you're successful and you're not happy about it. Yeah. Um, so I think it just, it's, yeah, I think, the other thing about it is just the way we thought the world worked and that we thought we had control over things. We realized mm-hmm. we didn't have that control <laughs> at all. And so it was like, okay, well, you know, I thought, I thought world was like made of this like structure and, you know, you learn in like science class, like everything's an atom and it's, it's matter and you move things around, but like just realizing like, no, things are a little more interconnected than that. Mm-hmm. And so I think people's, world world views were open to being changed because they were basically broken so i think that made people a lot more open to those things and so for me personally i did grow up religious i grew up christian um was very disillusioned with that 
and so hadn't been religious for for many years um Mm -hmm. was just kind of like agnostic though like i just was like okay the christian religion i don't i don't like certain things about it i'm not practicing but like it i still i think i had experienced enough of like you know with prayer and stuff like that where i was like i think there might be something going on um so definitely like open to things but uh did not expect to really dive back into this um it really was through meditation because i when i started writing the novel i had such a strong idea of exactly how the plot went who the characters were but i would sit down and try to write and just be like i can't i can't like <laughs> it's so perfect in my head and i'm like i i just you can't take it out like you it doesn't yeah, translate so yeah but so then there's this app called Insight Timer. And so I would listen to a meditation and then I'd be able to write. And so I was just on there like all the time. And it's also kind of a social app. So there's groups and people would like recommend books. So there's this author called Dr. Joe Dispenza who just wrote this book, Becoming Supernatural. And so that that kind of like pushed me over the edge. Mm-hmm. And like that was like my <laughs> start. <laughs> and getting getting into any everything because I read that and I was like just mind blown and just like okay well if this is how the world is working like I just need to know everything <laughs> yeah and and I, and I love your openness right and I think that is another key trait for entrepreneurs right being open to the information that's out there acknowledging that we don't know everything and just saying you know and you know the COVID definitely was like for folks that were more aware and entrepreneurial, I think we had a little, a lot of that skill set already of just being aware that there's different options and things would go crazy real fast. But for the every everyday regular person, it's just like my day goes like this. I do this. I wear this. I da, 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 and it's just like all laid out to the point where we we're on autopilot. And then COVID said, "Oh, you're gonna be home. Oh, you're gonna not have a job. Oh, you're gonna all these things are just like, what do you, what do you mean?" What do you mean? The world does not work like this. Even even COVID, right? These experiences now, sometimes yeah. like, I I think back to very early COVID where it's just like, you know, the, the first warnings of you cannot go outside. I'm just like, is is this, is this real? Like, is this really yeah. happening? I'm not sure. And thinking back to it, I'm just like, some of the things that we did, you know, like the grocery services, I don't know for you, like I have a um larger, at the time, and during COVID, I had like a large, I was living with um, family members and it was like going to a military boot camp to go to like BJ's, like oh, yeah. head to toe mask and lines and six foot. And it's like, no one knew anything. And it was just like, uh, whoa, that really happened in this country in this time period. Like this sounds like a movie that I watched, you know? Um, yeah, it's that same thing where it's like, I almost don't remember, like you have to like remind me that that happened. Cause <laughs> like I did it too, but it's I've blocked it I've wiped it from my memory so yeah the way our mind works is like amazing and you know that's that's why I said you know I wanted to in this season of the show really talk to that and things like astrology things like um you know Reiki things like diving deeper into psychology right Uh, even philosophy right all of these things that are just deeper than us whether it's religion um you know whether it's religion astrology whatever it is I think it's an opportunity for us to say like, yes, we are like human beings, but this, you know, a reminder that this whole big world and this whole entire universe and in the end, we're just kind of like a little speck. And how, how do we connect to everything else around us is, is such a powerful 
concept that, you know, when, when you think about even just a simple energy passing around, and if you don't want to dive, you know, for folks that don't want to dive all the way deep into it, you don't have to, right? You can simply just think of the example, you're in a room and you're perfectly fine. Somebody else starts, you know, the two other people in the room, they start yelling, they start arguing. What happens to your blood pressure? You're getting anxious. You're feeling sad or depressed, or you may even feel angry depending on what they're arguing about if you're passionate about that topic as well. So now that energy, that anger from them transitioned over to you. So you can't say that we're not all interconnected in, in some way, shape or form. So, and I'd love to ask, you know, we're coming closer to the end. Um, so I have two more questions. What has been um, one of your biggest learnings about yourself, about your business, um, about astrology um, it, 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 in the last two years that you've been focusing in um, more so on this work? Uh, biggest learning about myself. Um, I, I feel like I had, I mean, so with doing Reiki and astrology and offering that, like one thing that comes with that is you do a lot of healing on yourself because mm. basically you're trying to become a channel from like source energy and then giving it to other people. So you need to like clear out your own shit, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's like, that's been a, a really interesting journey. And I think one thing that I think a lot of people can probably relate to this. Like I, I don't care what other people think of me. Right. Like, mm. but, but I, I live as if I do, like I, I post the Instagram, no one likes it. And then I'm like, oh, I should never post that stuff like that again. So it's like, I notice myself like, changing my behavior based on what how other people are reacting but yeah like I know that like I have this like true self-expression of myself and like what kind of writing I do and how my writing style and stuff like that and so it's interesting to see that disconnect and that's I think that's like a current learning that I'm trying to um, manage is just like I know that like it's um, like I want to like express myself as like the truest expression Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, notice, just being aware of like the ways that like I let uh, other people's reactions um, filter, like how how I speak and act. Mm. So almost like a duality of the person that you're becoming, as well as the person that you're kind of the behaviors and habits that you're taking on and becoming while re removing um, or leaving behind the old behaviors, patterns and like, you know, mm -hmm. person that you were before, which is like your, your, your consciousness in the, the, the new you is like aware of this stuff, but it's like, you've built up these habits that it's, you still have to kind of let go. And it's, just, it's, you know, that, you know, you, you know, better. So you end up doing better, but it, it's a slow process because you still have to break that habit, which is, you know, we all know habits are way harder to break than they are to, to, to create. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a lot of just like awareness of mm -hmm. you're doing it. <laughs> Yeah. And so my final question is, what advice would you leave with the audience, right? You've been an entrepreneur in um, various fields uh, in, so far in your career. Um, so you've learned a lot of different things. So what advice would you leave to, with the audience today if they took nothing else from this uh, episode, which I know they definitely took a lot? Yeah, I think one of the one of my favorite things is just kind of what I referenced earlier about like when you're successful, but it doesn't make you happy. Like, I just think that's something you know, entrepreneurs can be drawn to it because they enjoy working hard. And so they mm -hmm. just like, they enjoy working hard and like, but when you get to those places, like at one point I was quoted in the Wall Street Journal and I was like, after this, I never need to do anything, I've mm. made it. And, but of course, like two weeks later, I was like, user numbers, like we've got to do better than this. 
Um, and so, yeah, I just think like noticing when you're successful and like, and realizing that it's not actually the, um, the success that makes you happy. Like it's, it's usually like that hard work actually, or, you know, the journey. Mm -hmm. And so, cause I think, especially for mental health, that can be a big trigger point where, um, just as much as failure, like when you fail oh. or when you succeed, those are the moments that you just, it brings into question, what, what have I done? And is it worthwhile? And it's the one that's unexpected is the success and other people aren't going to think to check in with you at that point. So I think it's something to be aware of that, like you think like, oh, I'm going to make it and then I'm going to be happy, but it usually doesn't work that way. Like there's, um, there can be like an emptiness at the other side of that. And so it's, it's just something to be aware of and like check in with yourself. Yeah. And I love that. love that piece of advice. Cause I've, I've experienced that where it's like, I succeeded at something and I was just like, I don't like it. I feel really sad. Or I feel that something I was like, I don't like, it. because again, we weren't enjoying the journey. So definitely folks enjoy the journey, focus on that and figure out, you know, does this thing that you're doing really make you happy during, you know, before it, during it. And if you reach the result and if you don't reach the result, at least you knew you were happy along the way. Um, so thank you so much, Danny, for spending the time with us. Um, for folks that want to reach Danny, um, her contact information is going to be in the description box below in the show notes as well. And so, um, yes, thank you so, so much for being a part of the show. Um, yeah, tune into you. our next episode, everyone. <laughs> Alrighty. Bye, Danny. Bye. All right. Thank you, everyone. And catch you all in the next episode of Doing the Most, The Misadventures of Entrepreneurship.